0: on this episode of the End of Tourism podcast.
1: Something that I I learned from Gustavo is that the authentic and most powerful intercultural dialogue happens, not in theoretical or philosophical level, but in the practice when we realize during our conversation that we are different and it's okay and we will never understand each other completely. And is that is okay, because that is how the world is. It's not an accident. It's not a, our failure. It's just that you are an other, totally other for me, and I am totally other for you. Where we can create and experience this hospitality that happens both ways around is going out, and create something together.
0: Welcome to the end of tourism season two, Mexico. During season one, which is available in English on all major podcast platforms, friends and strangers throughout Mexico reached out and asked for conversations on what is happening in Mexico. With episodes in both Spanish and English, we have delivered. The episodes will touch on diverse themes, including gentrification, deforestation and climate change, displacement, spiritual and psychedelic tourism, ecotourism, hospitality and interculturality, the industry itself and the place of workers in it. We speak to activists, scholars, storytellers and workers in order to find out what is happening behind the scenes and what can be done about it. Season 2 is dedicated to our late friend and mentor Gustavo Esteva elder and co-founder of the Universidad de la Tierra in Oaxaca, Mexico. These episodes have been planned and organized in collaboration with our compañeros and compañeras at the Uni Tierra Oaxaca. They are dispatches from the resistance. On this episode, I'm accompanied by philosopher, writer, and dear friend, Elias Gonzalez-Gómez. Lea studies and specializes in interreligious dialogue and the bridge between mysticism as well as the struggle to build new worlds. He has collaborated with different interreligious groups as well as indigenous and spiritual communities. He is currently a professor at ITESO and at Ibero Leon in Mexico. He works with the Universidad de la Tierra Oaxaca and is a member of the Center for Religious Studies and Society at the University of Guadalajara. He is a spiritual guide, Zen practitioner, and creator of study and dialogue groups around mysticism. Elias coordinates the blog Amanecer. He is the author of the following books. Encuentro, religación y diálogo, reflexiones hacia un diálogo interreligioso. Impotente ternura, descubrirte en lo pequeño and Convivencialidad y Resistencia Política Desde Abajo, la herencia de Iván Ilich on México. Here we talk about the new wave of tourists and migrants in Mexico, and the resentment and hatred that has, arisen, that has arisen as a result. We discuss spiritual tourism, plurality, and radical hospitality, and what it means to know the other in our times. Okay, so welcome back, Ilea. <laughs> To the the end of tourism podcast
1: thank you thank you grace
0: i say welcome back because we just finished about an hour hour and a half of our interview in spanish and i'd like to first of all right off the bat thank you for being willing to to speak to our listeners in a language that's not your mother tongue so i really really appreciate that and i'm sure our listeners will too so I'd like to ask you, first of all, where do you find yourself today? And what does the world look like for you there?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris, for the invitation. It's an, it's an honor. And I'm sorry if my English is not clear enough sometimes. But right now I am in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Um, right now, I just told you that I, I just finished like an hour and a half, I go uh, a small Zen retreat. Mm. So right now, and after our, our conversation in Spanish, the world is full of hope and everything is clear. But also, I cannot forget some uh, violent issues, manifestations here in Mexico, especially in the south of Mexico, in Chiapas, and in here in, in my state, in Jalisco, with a, a lot of uh, kidnappers and stuff like that. So, that is how my heart and my mind is right now.
0: Mm. Mm. So I asked you earlier, but I'd like to ask you again a little bit about your travels, in part because uh, you work and you are a philosopher, specifically around religious ideas and intercultural concepts. So I'm wondering how any of that has showed up, if at all, on your travels.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Personally, I come from a family that hasn't traveled a lot. I haven't traveled a lot. My parents only travel one or two times out of the country. But personally, I don't know why. I mean, I love to travel, but it's not something that I especially look for. Uh, but um, particularly for this uh, work or this interest in the interfaith, movement and interfaith activity. I have traveled. I have had the opportunity to travel to other places, not just here in Mexico, uh, but also in South America, Canada, United States, Spain. And lately I went like two years ago to Azerbaijan, which is like the farthest country I have visited. Mm. And for me, travel is different from maybe the common tourist, because I like to, I only travel when I have something to do in that place, not just to know. Maybe I have never went just to visit a place because you have to go there and visit. Uh, It's just because I, I want to be there to participate in a specific project or to meet a person and stay there in a community or in a university, a project. Uh, and for example, something that is, is viable or interest for our conversation is my travels to, to South America, particularly to Peru, Cusco, where I worked. I used to work as a guide in uh, ayahuasca ceremonies in uh, something that we can understand as a uh, mystic tourism or spiritual tourism in a place that was like built specifically and intentionally as a tourist travel agency for spiritual seekers around the world. So I I had the opportunity to guide people from Japan, China, different parts of Europe, the United States, Uh, guide them through this experience. But from there, I kind of uh, think a lot about the relationship between uh, these new kinds of spiritualities and the tourism.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I wanted to come back
0: a little bit to what we were speaking about earlier, these notions of radical hospitality and interculturality that I personally came to know where I met you here in the Hunitiera Oaxaca, which is where I am today. And To how radical hospitality and interculturality seems to be, to a large degree, missing in our time, or at least uh, hidden. And so I wanted to ask you in regards to the theme of this season, season two of the podcast, which is Mexico, what do you see happening right now in in Mexico as far as tourism and gentrification and, and exile is concerned?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I am not an expert in the topic, but what I see is that, and I was telling you before, in my perception, what is happening with tourism in Mexico, which has been always, or at least the last 50, 60, 70 years, one of the most important uh, part of the economy of the country is tourism, uh, and part of this tourism is illegal tourism, like drugs, and pornography and stuff like that. Uh, so it's not just the nice thing like the beaches, you know, like Cancun and stuff, but also there, it's not just going to watch the sea, the ocean, but it's to find something related to drugs, cartel and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, trata de personas we say in Spanish so what I will say is that I believe that in Mexico the tur- tourist industry is creating like a parallel Mexico mm. uh, totally disconnected to the reality of the big part of the population the, the people um, for example if you go to to one of these centers, uh, doesn't matter if they are like malls or hotels or this part of the cities that are specifically designed for tourists. If you are in one of those places, you will be totally secure. Nothing is going to happen, even though three or four blocks from there, uh, a week ago, there has been a shoot, you know, between cartels or something like that. Mm-hmm. But inside the tourist places, nothing is going to happen to you. Uh, At least it's it's going to be very, very rare that something violent happens there. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, a lot of Mexicans feel a little resentment because it's, it's a Mexico inside Mexico that is not for us. You know, it's like creating intentionally for people that is only going to come here to have a nice experience, maybe to spend some dollars and a week after is going to be back in their countries. And also in the nice neighborhoods of the cities, like Mexico City, we'll talk about Rome, Condesa, Juárez, Marvarte, all these colonies that, uh, first of all, uh, the rich people in Mexico, they went there and the gentrification started. And now uh, foreign people, uh, especially people that work only in the internet, uh, can go this uh, travel all the time because they can work any place Mm. so they go there and the rents and all the prices go up and the people they cannot they live there they cannot i mean the prices is just impossible to achieve live there anymore so i believe something like this is happening so the feelings about the people from other countries especially rich countries in that area but obviously a similar thing but the other way around happens with the people that came from Central America for example Mm. so the resentment is against the rich countries because they came here just to have fun and they get back because we feel I mean it's like a historical feeling of inferiority but Mexicans, Mm -hmm. normally, they feel that Mexico is a better country, a richer country, compared to Guatemala or Salvador. So uh, there is this stigmatization against the migrants, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The immigrants that uh, they are criminals, etc., etc. Something very similar as the people from the United States see the Mexicans in the United States. So it's happening the same. So, And I believe in Europe it's very similar. So I think it's something just happening right now in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of people getting in touch with me because of the podcast and especially here in Mexico, given that I live here. That is my home. And, you know, it's people from Mexico City, people from Oaxaca, where I live, people from Puerto Escondido, uh, people from Baja California, people from the Yucatan, right? And they contact me and they communicate with me that, you know, they see this resentment. They see this, uh, you know, some people call it fear and a phobia, but it's really not fear. I don't think in the end, uh, resentment's probably a better word. And even to the extent of hate, but maybe that's too strong of a word as well. And so there's been this huge backlash against, especially, people from the United States, but certainly Canada and Europe and other countries arriving, especially to Mexico over the last year or so, on mass a huge amount. I don't know if the numbers or statistics, but it's pretty evident in the places that it's happened, that it's happened on an extreme scale to the point that there's massive gentrification and people being forced out of their neighborhoods because of rent prices going up and things like that. And so we spoke a little bit about this notion of radical hospitality, right? That I think both of us gleaned and learned quite a bit from our good friend and mentor, the late, great Gustavo Esteva, the co-founder of the UNITIERA here in Oaxaca. And I'm just wondering if, you know, if you could maybe define what you think radical hospitality is and how it might be a tool to, to find a way through the storm Right, that's that's created this entitlement and bad behavior on the side of foreigners and tourists, and then this resentment, even even hatred to some degree, uh, on the sides of locals. Where might radical hospitality come in there?
1: Yeah. So I would like to remember another ad- anecdote from Gustavo. He was very close to Ivanilich, uh, this uh, political. Um, a historical thinker and Gustavo Esteva is very very well known in a lot of part of the world as one of the most important and pioneer critic of development. Uh, so Ivanilich one time Ivanilich asked Gustavo if he can define in one word what would be the opposite of development. Gustavo Esteva answered. Hospitality, because development is 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 larger, is, is bigger than a, just like an idea, right? A development is a political project, is a philosophical construction, where the only thing that that the difference is worth to is to disappear, right? It's like there is only one good way of life, is what mm. development. Says uh, historically the American way of life, so this is the correct and the good way of living, and everyone else sooner or later are going to achieve this. That was the narrative during the eighties, the nineties, the seventies. Maybe in in the whole world was like uh, we want that we want the development. Even now, the most progressive governments in Latin America are still believing in development Uh, development is going to help us to achieve this uh, better way of living development is going to help us to defeat poverty when we know that good part of the poverty of the world is not because we don't have the development enough but because of the development narrative itself right so Hospitality, radical hospitality will be like the opposite of that, the the possibility to accept the otherness of the other, the total otherness of the other uh, in order to be able to accept that there are different ways of living well. So maybe in the Andes, in, in Peru and Bolivia, there will be one way of living well. And here in Mexico, especially in Oaxaca, uh, in Guadalajara, there will be uh, different ways of living well. Uh, and this is one part of radical spirituality, the, the different possibilities of living well, defined by the people itself according to their territories, culture, tradition, environment, etc., religion, etc. But also radical hospitality is like have a big roots in another concept that I would like to to share, which is radical pluralism. So radical pluralism is the idea that uh, the plurality of the world is not an accident, is not uh, something inferior. And I, I know that. I don't want to be become very philosophical here, but historically in the Western philosophy, uh, uh, the world, the things, I mean, the material world, the bodies, uh, the flesh is like occupying a second place. And the first place is the eternity, the, the soul, you know, the transcendental. So radical pluralism says that, there is no universe. But it, there are different rivers happening uh, at the same time. And there is different times and different places, different people. And in order to be able to have a real relationship, a real communication, we need to be different. Hmm. So the other has to be totally the otherness of the other. And I have to be myself so we can like create this intercultural encounter, this intercultural dialogue. Uh, And and something that I I learned from Gustavo is that the the authentic and most powerful, the most important intercultural dialogue happens, not in the theoretical or philosophical level, but in the practice when we realize during our conversation that we are different and, and it, is, it is okay and we will never understand each other completely and is that is okay because that is how the world is it's not an accident is not a, our failure is just that you are an other totally other for me and I am totally other for you so where we can create and experience this hospitality that happens both ways around is going out and create something together, work together in something in order to fight for our territory, in order to create a new building, in order to anything that is to to grow our own food, for example, from those concrete practices, we can uh, experience authentical, radical hospitality. There is no universals because even though the things that we have in common, for example, the food, Gustavo Esteban loved to talk about food, remember? So Mm. he used to say, I mean, every human being has to eat, right? But McDonald's is not the same as the traditional tortilla right? Mm. McDonald's have a logic, Mm, fast food have a logic. Every fast food is a product created by professionals in order that other professionals have energy to continue working. So basically, fast food is like gasoline because it's going to destroy you, but it's just to keep your body going, a a little more hours, a little more years. But tortilla, for example, is like a a cultural event. It's it's not happening just for one person. All the community has to participate in order to create a tortilla, right? So even though those things that we have in common, like eating, etc., in the practice, they, they are totally different. There are multiple worlds happening at the same time.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I think that so much of the dialogue ends up being revolved around a form of essentialism, you know, pointing the finger at people based on their skin color or race or gender, uh, etc., or even class, right? And I think there's a lot that's lost in that reductionism now with one last question if i can
1: yeah of course
0: so given that so much of the issues and the dialogues and the conversations that people have around the issue of the tourist and the tourism industry and the foreigner these days here in mexico so much of it is ideological, political, social, and to a lesser degree economic. But I'm wondering if you think that there's a place and maybe a missing place for conversations around spirituality in, in these conversations and what they would look like.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think there is a missing place. I think we need that conversation. Personally, I for me that is the conversation that I am interested in. Uh, of course, we have to say that there are also a lot of kind of spiritualities uh, mysticism, religiosities. Some of these spiritualities are like very similar, or they come from this narrative of colonialism or like spiritual tourism, or for example, things that mm, we are all the same, doesn't matter our color of our skin or something like that. But maybe there are good intentions behind that, but at the same time there is not an awareness of the otherness of the other, right? It's like this idea that I can't understand the other. When in reality, there is no possibility to truly understand the other completely, right? So in my opinion, my personal opinion, the first book I wrote was a little bit about that, is that, dialogue, encounter. So even hospitality itself is a spiritual act, and a spiritual practice. doesn't matter if there is not a Buddha there or like a, a cross or something that traditionally we associate with spirituality or faith. But the practice of hospitality for me itself is a is a spiritual is something spiritual why because you have to put in practice a lot of the pillars of spirituality for example to be able to question yourself to be able to recognize your finitude to be able to put a limit in your desire of be the center of the universe because i mean to, to truly practice spirituality it has to be more than one people in the room right mm-hmm. so normally in our non spiritual way of living we live as we are the last coca cola of the desert right like everything move around me so to really practice spirituality you have to decenter to mm-hmm. decenter yourself in order to be open so the other can modify you mm. so that's why in a lot of traditions you can talk about sacred hospitality uh, not radical but sacred in, in the way of as I will host the otherness of the other this is also the way that I can host the divinity for example if we are talking in those concepts maybe the other others uh, but also the possibility to understanding each other, to be able to, to create new world for me that also is, is, is also something very spiritual, the creativeness, the possibility to create something new uh, in the art, but also in the social. This energy of creativity for me is something very very spiritual so yeah I think there is, a, there is a missing point and for me maybe it's not the total answer but in my opinion is an ingredient that we are missing in the conversation
0: hmm. absolutely well now we have some of it and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know I th- a few people ask me what does the end of tourism mean Right, and I say, well, the end of tourism has to be the beginning of something else. Yeah. And I'm very honored and grateful that you just spoke to some of what I believe that to be. Right. So it's been a a great pleasure, Ilias, and thank you so much for your generosity. This extended time period of taking you know uh, out of your day to speak with us and to speak with us in two languages. Uh, to accommodate our listeners as incredibly, incredibly generous and hospitable. And, you know, maybe there's something in there that that we can learn from as well. I do want to mention before we finish that you have a new book. Well, actually you have a few new books, but I only have one in my hand here. That's actually a signed copy. How lucky. (laughs) Convivencialidad y resistencia política desde abajo. Where might our listeners find out about these books, your work? And if they want to get in touch with you, how might they do that?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I have a blog. The blog name is Amanecer, which is like sunshine, like in, the, in Spanish. We are in, on Facebook, Twitter. I mean, no, we don't have Twitter, just Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, my email, my personal email, I will be very pleasure to to have more conversations my personal email is elajaspis7 uh, gmail.com uh, elajas so i will be very happy to to continue these conversations and in the blog you can find especially in the youtube programs some conversations and presentations of the books yeah thank
0: you oh perfect well i'll make sure all those details are there on the end of tourism website for our listeners thank Thank you so much Elias (laughs) take care thank you for listening to the end of tourism podcast if you'd like to get updates on new episodes click subscribe on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you're listening you can now support our work ensuring it continues and joining the conversation via our patreon account at patreon.com slash the end of tourism. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the End of Tourism. You can also follow us on social media under the handle the end of tourism. Until then, farewell friends.